What's up, everybody? Every campus looking straight into the camera right now. I want you to hear me say this. One, I'm so stoked that you're refused tonight. Number two, you guys throw this graphic up on the screen. I want you to be faced with a very serious reality. I'll wait for A control. You ready? Throw that first full screen graphic up there. Gauntlet signups end Sunday at midnight, which means this. Let me tell you what that means for some of you guys. Some of you are like, oh, cool, I'm already signed up. For others of you, you're like, man, I'm gonna get signed up. At 11.59 on Sunday night, you're gonna go to the website to sign up and pay, and it is gonna switch you over to be on the waiting list, and that means you're gonna wait until next year to go to the gauntlet. This is not a joke. We're running out of spots at almost every campus. Things are filling up. If you've been dragging your feet, you have four days left. When you go to get in your car tonight, you're gonna get a flyer to hand to mom and dad. Hand it to them and tell them, mom, I have four days to come up with as much money as we can to get to the gauntlet, all right? You gotta sign up. Here's how. If, you're not re- if you don't know how to sign up, if you haven't signed up yet, throw this little DSK up there. You text gauntlet to 30303. I'm serious. You gotta get signed up probably within the next two days. We'll probably be full by the weekend, by Friday night, so you need to go ahead and get signed up. Everybody good with that? All right. If you were here last week, we started a conversation that we're having around the topic of dating, relationships, and sex. And it was awesome. We had a great time last week. And we figured we wanted to do something different for tonight. Instead of you guys having to just listen to me talk about all this stuff, we wanted to bring some very special people in to talk about it. And these people, I met them today for the very first time. I had heard about them several times from people in our world that just bragged about them, said they're amazing. You need to bring them out to speak to your young people. You need to bring them out to meet them. They're amazing. We had lunch together today, and I am officially adopting all of us into their family, okay? So here's what I need. I'm going to bring them out, but I need everybody at every campus to get on your feet and help me welcome a good fuse welcome, Pastors Keith and Megan Pittman. You guys, come on out. Come on, come on. Come on, we love you guys. Come on. Y'all can do better than that. Come on. (laughs) So officially, I decided today, you guys are going to be known to us as Uncle Keith and Aunt Megan, you guys cool with that? I'll We're cool with that. that. Okay, We're always okay. adopting people. All right. <laughs> so why don't you guys just take a few minutes and tell everybody at every campus, all 14 campuses across the state, everybody watching online, who are you guys, where are you from, and how did you get here tonight? Oh, okay. Okay, well, I, um, I was born in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, uh, and so was Keith. Um, we, did, we literally didn't meet until, um, I guess, in high school. And so, um, how we met Wait a minute, was. But can I can I say something? Yep. So let me let me say something. Let me t- let me tell my let me tell my story. Um, let me. Wait where's, a minute. Where's the camera? Like, I want to make sure we're getting this at all locations. Straight ahead. Okay. I want you guys to look into my eyes. We met when we were freshmen um, in high school. So let me give yeah. you some context as to what was going on at that time. We sat directly across from one another in one of our typing classes back when typing was like a thing. Remember that? I um, took typing. So, typing so, one. Typing one. And anybody? So, t- is anybody here take a typing class? Anybody in here have a pretty impressive Guam? That's impressive. I know what a Guam is. I'm I'm proud of every one of you. So so here's what happened. So we're sitting across from one another, and she looked deep into my eyes and immediately fell in love. And so here's, here's, which, 
who can blame her? Um, so, so, so I here's the other way around. No, first. so, so let me, let me, can I finish? Can I tell my story? Um, I so, have a mic too this time. so, so what ends up happening is she, she literally starts like not doing her homework so she can copy off my homework now, to justify, this is where to justify the reasons. Where he has to repent. <laughs> so she would, she would like create space so that she could like, like want to borrow my homework, but it was this all the Lord true. just to get me. It's not um, true. And then, after many, many years of like just like coming at me and coming at me and coming, I finally God's like surrendered. Watching you right he is. Now. He is. <laughs> this is how I remember it, and that's and that Did is how that? That, that is how we ended up together. Um, there is a version of that that's true, and then there's a version of it that I just use graceful math on. You understand? So when you guys, uh, when you came to South Carolina today, where did you come from? Oh. Okay, so that's a loaded question. Okay. Yeah. We, we came here from Washington, D.C. Yes. Now, we're in the process of moving to Orlando, Florida. Yes. So, um, so we're, we, we're stepping in. God has actually invited us to come in. Is and anybody leave going church. to Disney World this summer or like Any Disney folks? Okay. They're going to live like, like right down the street from Disney World. Don't see me. They have like lifetime passes to Disney, <laughs> yeah, right? We do. We do. They can go all they want to. Yeah, that's pretty it's awesome. amazing. So if you guys so. are there, come hang out with us. But we yeah. have we have a church there in Orlando that, that God has invited us to come in and, and start leading. So we're in D.C. right now, mm-hmm. but we're literally in the process. We'll be living in Orlando in about 14 days. Yes. Let the countdown begin. So we're yes. moving to the happiest place on earth, so they say. I love it. Well, well next to Anderson, of course. I was about to say, thank you, South Carolina. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the topic of dating, relationships, and sex. How long have you guys been married? Okay. What was the process like for you to get engaged, married, et cetera? Do you have a fun? Did you, are you the one of the ones that went like way extravagant with your proposal? Did you do it ridiculous like me? I proposed to my wife on a knee in her bathroom in college. I did it very quickly. It was embarrassing for both of us. And so I don't have a cool story like that. Some people are like, yeah, I rented a jet. I had all this sort of stuff. I'm like, I was just in the bathroom. But so what was your engagement story? How did you get married? Where'd you get married, et cetera? Oh, man. Well, I think Keith was on stage at church. Okay. And um, he called me up and yeah. said all these wonderful things about me and then got on one knee and you proposed in front of the whole church. You can't say no in the house of God. So, okay, so you did it at church, so she couldn't say no. You can't snow. In front I mean, of everybody else. So she, everybody. Okay, so peer pressure. Yeah, for sure. Good. Okay, and at take this notes. Point, everybody take notes. Yeah, so if you write it down, do it in front of the you church people. Boo. The grace is there with you. The did you hate that, love that, didn't mind? I loved it. We had already been together for like five years, so it was time. It was time. <laughs> it was time. Take it was notes. overdue. It was long time. Overdue. Don't wait that long. Yeah. Um, but we had already been together for five years, um, and so right now we're currently married. We celebrate our anniversary on Monday. Come and on. This How coming many years? Monday is going to be 19 years. 19 years. Yes. Awesome. But we've been together for 23 years, almost 24 years together. I love um, that. So that's exciting. And then I got to say this because yeah, I just feel on. like it's, it's, it's worth saying it for those who are kind of looking. So I know as you look at us, it's like, man, like you guys, like you guys have been together that long. Let me give you guys an, another like bomb to drop. We actually are grandparents. Our, our oldest son is married and has two daughters. So I know you're looking at this and saying like, how is it possible that this vibrant, good looking couple has, has two beautiful <laughs> grandchildren? I'm gonna look into this camera, zoom in real close. That is because black don't crack. Let's move on. <laughs> Bless God. All right, so I am going to figure out how to transition from that. Um, cool. All right. So, no, grandparents, that's amazing. 
So, okay, so let's, let's do this. Last week, we, we kind of set just like a big lens, a big framework for the idea that all of our, uh, when we approach dating, we probably, when we approach relationships in general, the idea of sex or what all of that is, the filter is that God is good. Yep. Yeah. And God is good, that's why he gives us rules. God is good, that's why he gives us gifts. God, just God is foundationally good, and that's how we can approach anything with God. So what I, just, what I wanna ask tonight from you guys is, tell us a little bit of like, uh, what it was like 24 years ago when you were dating. What do you remember about the dating phase yeah. where you like her, she likes you, you understand God's got rules, you understand what it's like to be asking, are we gonna follow these rules? What is it? So let's give a few minutes of advice to the couples in here that they're like, look, I'm all in, I'm on team Jesus, yeah. I wanna date, I wanna do it the right way. Yeah. Somebody just tell me what to do. Like we've sat down, we've had the talk, we're like, this summer we're gonna follow the rules, but what are we supposed to do? So give, give some advice to the young couples all across the state that they're like, look, we're in, we just wanna do it the right way. Okay, so we didn't start that way. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we certainly didn't. And it was something that we kind of like grew into. We were living together um, and we were, we were dating and then we got radically saved. Like God just came in and interrupted the whole program. So you started dating before you were following yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we okay. were raised in the Christian household, yeah. but you know how it is. You kind of get away from it and you start doing your own thing. Yeah. Um, and so we, didn't we were, have cool youth groups like this yeah, we had at none that of this time stuff, so. to be able to follow. Like it was cool. Like when you were like in uh, like elementary school and stuff like that you had things that you can follow but when it came to the youth they put us in the regular service every week and we didn't have anything for the right, youth yeah. so it was like you just strayed away from church yeah. so so with that when we got radically saved god interrupts the whole program and so the reason why like we did the proposal um at church quite honestly is because that is where we got like this rebirth right. and so from that point forward it began to like catapult us into like following God and understanding what his what his thoughts were and, and being in alignment to that. So I guess my my words of advice for people that are in here and you guys have such a head start compared to where we started at, it's it's, it's sincerely it's like making sure that you're properly connected to the right people. I think yeah. the best thing that I could ever advise you to do, the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked. Yeah. The thing that's so important is if you have people that have that see God as good, that understand what God's word says about the whole idea of dating it then what happens is we're being held accountable to the same standard. Yeah. When you don't have that, what happens is compromise begins to creep in because we're not holding ourselves accountable to the same standard that God has established. And unfortunately, when compromise begins to creep in, you'll find yourself doing things that, mm -hmm. that the enemy is, is, is completely trying to lead you to do. I think what Amos says in, in chapter three, he says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? agreed. Yeah. And what I love about the text, when you look at it in its original form, the agreement is past tense. And so what that means is that we have already agreed on where we are going before we set off onto this journey. Yeah. And unfortunately, what happens with a lot of relationships, we see each other and we're attracted to one another and we just kind of allow our emotions to lead us down the journey, but we never establish what are the boundaries and yeah. what are the things we're gonna do. Here's the last thing I'll say. Don't put yourself in the area of your weakness and expect God's strength. Here's, let, me, let me say that again because I can see there's some people leaning in there writing that down. Don't put yourself in the area of your weakness and expect God's strength. Yeah. A lot of times we'll try to prove that the strength of God is there by putting ourselves in spaces that yeah. we know that we're just not strong enough to be sustained in. Yeah. What God has given us is wisdom. So if you know that hanging out with somebody at a certain time of night only stimulates certain things, yeah. don't put yourself in the area of your weakness and expect God's strength. Make smart decisions, create strong boundaries, yeah. and that is how you'll be successful in hey. this. Paul's culture moment. I didn't want to see more people taking notes on your phone, writing <laughs> stuff down. This is wisdom. This will bless your life forever. Okay, what what advice would you give to the to the young couples in here? Obviously, that was amazing. What would yeah. you add to it? I would also say, um, according to the plan, uh, just when you have a plan, 
right? You don't fall into the your areas of weakness and then you reap the consequences of that. And so sometimes when you make those decisions and then you look back, you're like, why did I do something like that? I can't get it back. I can't um, trace it back, but God is a forgiving God. So what I would say is for all the people who have, you know, you're going to be a couple and all that kind of stuff, let your source, let your center be God. Because God, if you're close and connected to him, he's going to direct your path. And he's going to put that conviction in your heart when you know you want to do something wrong, um, but you want to do right. And then you go the opposite way. He's going to put that conviction in your heart and um, allow you to say, hey, maybe we need to set back. Maybe we need to do these things. He's going to give you wisdom. And so a lot of times we push the wisdom away that God gives us and we ignore uh, that little tapping on our shoulders to say, hey, I'm not going to do that. Um, don't ignore it. Lean into it and say, okay, if I want to follow and I want God's best for my life, let me listen to the wisdom that he's putting on my heart. That's awesome. All right, so let me go down a different path for a bit. So there's, we have a, amazing, amazing young people. The majority of people across all of our campuses are probably in here and they're like, man, I'm ready to do this the right way. I want advice. Yep. Some of the people that are here are going, so what? Yep. It's summertime. I want to feel what I want to feel. I want to do what I want to do. I worried about it. I worry about when I'm 40. I worry about it when I'm 30, when I'm ready to get married or have kids or whatever. Why should I care? Why should I care about taking what God says about sex seriously, about what God says about dating seriously? Why should I care? What advice would you give to the 16, 17, 18, 14-year-old young man or young woman in here that's like, look, I get what you're saying. It's good advice, but I'm still me, and I want to do me for a little while. Like, I I get it. Like, I, I had always envisioned this dramatic moment when I would kind of surrender my life to Christ. And quite honestly, like it was, it was already kind of foretold in my mind. I figured I would do the same thing. I would live my life my own way. I was going to wait until like I'm graduated from college. I would wait until like I had all those things out of my system. I would come to a cool church like this. I would wait for like that third slow altar song. I would come up with a single tear down my cheek and I would give my life to Christ. And then from that point forward, from the time I'm 38, I would kind of walk this thing out because I got it out of my system. The truth of the matter is like that you'll never get it out of your system, first of all. Great. Secondly, the other thing I want to make sure that you guys know is that no matter how much we try to find things to fill us, that emptiness will always still be there. Yeah. I'm on the other side of it, so I, I'm, a, I'm aware of it. And so for those that, that say that they don't care, my, my, my statement to you would simply be this. Why not? Yeah. Like, who, who told you that, that you shouldn't care? Like, what, what, what is the source that, that you've allowed to shape the way that you think? Here's, here's, what, I, here's what I firmly believe. What you believe determines how you behave. And so unfortunately what happens is if we allow the wrong things to shape our beliefs, we'll begin to support those beliefs with behavior. But what if we really did allow the proper sources to be the resource that shapes our beliefs? Then it will shift our behavior. So for those that say, man, it doesn't matter. I just don't care. Who told you? Who told you that you shouldn't care? Here's here's something that I've that I found because I've spent many years um, engaging in, in youth ministry, and I and I love this demographic. I, I love you guys. But here's the thing that I thought was so interesting. Um, when I did some research, the the word teenager didn't even exist in the first century, second century, all the way up until the mid 19th century. Here's why that's so important. Because in the Bible times, you had two age groups. You either were a child or you were an adult. Mm -hmm. And what that meant is that when you hit that threshold, typically around 13, the expectation was that you were going to function like an adult. You would be able to process things like adults. And in that time period from the beginning of time all the way up until the 19th century, people that are in the same exact age group as you guys did some amazing things. Businesses were started. But even we can look at the Bible. David. 
defeated Goliath, was anointed as king at the same age group as many of you guys. The disciples, most of them were the same age as many of you guys. Why is it that the teenagers back in those days were able to accomplish so much? It's because they had a source and a standard that saw more in them than they saw in themselves. So unfortunately, here's what happens. The moment that the word teenager came into the equation, what it was is it was society saying, we don't expect much from you anymore. These are going to be the years where you can do whatever you want because your mind is not fully developed. You're full of flaws. Like, so we're expecting you. And you know what ends up happening? We end up living down to those expectations. What I'm saying to you is that there's a reason why the Bible has only two categories because God sees more in you. And what if we actually believe those things because we could say that God has called me to be greater. It doesn't matter if I'm 14 or 15. Look at what people done in the Bible at that same root. Why not me? If the Bible is true and it says that he's given us everything as it relates to life and godliness, God is not holding back. You established that last week. So if God is not holding back on me, why am I going to allow my beliefs to be supported by somebody telling me that it doesn't matter? That's a lie. God has called me to be a child of him. I'm going to function with power and authority, and I'm going to be a light in the midst of darkness. And if I don't stop, I'm going to start preaching. So let me pause. I'm begging you. If that's not preaching, dang. What, Listen, what would you say? Jesus was used at 12 years old. So yeah. I'm just saying if we're modeling it after him, like you guys have a lot going for yourselves. Let's and he, they said that we would do more yes. than what they did before. So I'm just saying like model after Jesus. You, you can do anything you want to do. You can become whatever you want to become. You can uh, reserve yourself as long as you can. And, t- and God will send you the right person. Absolutely. He will send you the one. He will prevent you from doing things that you think you, you didn't have the strength to do. Right. And so I would just say, follow the model of Jesus. You yeah. can never go wrong when you follow that model. Amen. Amen. <sighs> All right. Well, so, okay, let me go down a, can I go down a totally different route? Please, oh. let's go. Okay. <laughs> Do it. So, you made the joke, black don't cry. Yes. Okay. Everybody laughed because Facts. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> and the funny thing is, so I, I grew up in the South yep. in a home with a white mom and dad, mm-hmm. married, grandparents still married. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends that lived around us looked like me, mm-hmm. talked like me, yeah. had mom and dad that were married. Yeah. You guys grew up in Delaware. Yep. Yeah. You're not white. What were your... Wait a minute, what? (laughs) (laughs) What were the influences in the community you were raised in? What were your influences for relationships growing up? What what, What influenced you? What was a healthy relationship? How did you have to learn God's rules, God's way, God's standard for relationship? Was it shown to you at an early age? Did you have to pick it up somewhere along the way? How were you influenced growing up? Um, I didn't have that model. Uh, So growing up in my household, um, my parents... uh, they, ne- they never lived together, um, but they had me, you know, had a relationship, and then there was infidelity, so I didn't have that modeled in my home. Um, you look at TV, and you try to get the model of, oh, I want my Prince Charming, I want this famous wedding, I want all that, and you don't, you don't, that's the only model that I had. And so getting into church, I think following God gave me a model of what I should have as far as a relationship for marriage, but I didn't have it around me. Uh, It's in the African-American community. uh, Most of the time, you live with your significant other and you never get married, and then you split up. And so that's the example that I had. So the only thing that I had to stand on was the word of God as a, as a great example. And then I had standards. So once I saw that happen to my mom, I said, I will never let anyone cheat on me. And I would make sure that someone first honored God. And then they, um, 
how do they treat their mother? You know, because if they treat their mother well, then they're going to treat me well. And so that was the standards that I had for myself. But like I said, it was God, uh, the, the model that the church presented of what a godly marriage looked like. That's what I followed. That's great. And, and I would say similarly, like my, my biological father left when I was four. Um, so when he walked out, I probably had like a good five-year gap um, which I still like remember where my mom was just working hard, just trying to provide for my brother and I just to make sure that we could sustain the lifestyle that we had. So then when my stepfather came into the equation, um, I truly thank God for him. Like he's the one who raised my brother and I, he's the one that I consider to be my dad. Um, that was the model that I, that I saw. Now the truth of the matter is like my mom was, my grandfather was a pastor. So my mom was raised in a Christian household. So that was always something that was in front of us. I wouldn't necessarily say that it was, we were like a church going family. So for me, the idea of being a good husband was just being a good provider, um, would be, would be a, a, a good protector. So I didn't really learn like the attributes of God and understanding what God's vision for marriage was until we began to develop our own relationship with God. And as we saw that, um, it became like, okay, so this is what it means to, to follow God. And, and here's the thing. I think if I could be quite honest with you, I think when we talk about marriage and relationships, and there's certainly passages of scripture that we can extract and get these principles from. Um, but what I, what I found is if I can just be a good Christian then I will have a good marriage. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you can just look at what the Bible says in, in, in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit, mm -hmm. bring that to your marriage and your marriage will be good. Yeah. Bring that to your dating relationship and your dating relationship will be That's good yeah. because in there is love, joy, self-control. Like right. those, things, yeah, are, those things are all there. So for me, it became not how do I produce a good marriage. It became how do I root myself in God's word That's awesome. and be the best version that God has called me that to be awesome. and bring that with me into every relationship I have. Yeah. And if I can do that, then every relationship will be fruitful. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. So we're not far removed from spring break. <laughs> we're not far away from summer break. Yep. And we have a lot of young men and women in here who, and all across the state who, you know, sometimes you make a bad decision. You make a handful of bad decisions. As a matter of fact, I know a handful of people watching online tonight because a couple of those bad decisions have kept them from coming back sure, to Fuse. Absolutely. Right? It happens. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. something happens. So, so what do you want to say yeah. to the young men and women in here who you're like, look, I'm with you, but I've, I've messed this up. Yeah. Maybe just once and I'm like trying to move on. Maybe I've had years of messing yeah. this up. I've got some bad habits formed. Like, who, what do you say to the men and women here that are like, they for real need to like, get it going in yep. the right direction. For sure. Oh, well, the Bible talks clearly about people messing up a lot. Right. Um, it says that uh, a righteous man will fall 70 times, okay. or seven times, yep. um, and get back up again. And so what I say is get back up again. Yeah. Um, right. Don't let your, um, your past actions di dictate your future. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't determine who you are. God says you're a child of God. You're a son of God. Um, and so... I would say just get up, repent, you know, um, pray about it, um, do a self-evaluation uh, with yourself and say, how did I get into this? Why am I doing this? Because sometimes if you keep repeating the actions, you're not figuring out why, what's it deep inside of yourself, um, what's happening inside of you to make those decisions? Is it loneliness? Is it insecurity? Is it any of those things? And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Find friends that will hold you accountable to your actions. Um, 
that will lift you up and encourage you during those times when you make those mistakes. Because a lot of times, if you don't have people who support you that condemn you, you end up going back to the thing that you feel like you're getting love from. Sure, and I think what I, what I would add is I would just refer back to what we said earlier, um, where I indicated that we were living together prior yeah. to getting married. So if there's any indication right there, like, yes, we weren't always doing things the way that God had intended it. So for the person that's out there that may be struggling and thinking that maybe they've gone too far, um, hey, we're lead pastors. God's grace is for you. Yeah. God is for you. And Come if on. God is for you, then nothing can be against you. Like, so here's, yeah. here's what I want you to understand. Like, if you read the course of the Bible, the redemptive plan of God is always to find us in our most broken state. Yeah. We can go from scripture to scripture. We could even go to Ezekiel, shall these bones live? Like, we can look at the brokenness, even the residue, things that are decayed, but with the word from God, with an encounter from God, mm -hmm. all it takes is speaking to that thing. That's what yeah. I love about that passage. Speak to it. Speak to your brokenness and say yeah. like, hey, I made this mistake, but there is life available from yeah. it. Like we see that we serve a resurrecting God. He's modeled yeah. that for us. So I, I want to encourage anybody in here. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Great. Jesus. Don't allow the enemy Come to on. whisper in your ear and convince you that maybe the thing that you did, Jesus yeah. did not consider Come when he went on. to the cross. He took yeah. it to the cross. It is finished. Yeah. You get back up again, like Megan said, and I promise you the grace of God is still working for you. I love it. That's awesome. All right. We're going to go one last direction here for a couple of minutes, okay? okay? Here's what I want you to just think about for a second. And I want you to go last, okay? okay because I want, I want to end really pumping up the women. Okay. Okay? So, Uncle Keith, Let's go. here's what I want you to think about, all right? 15-year-old Uncle Keith sitting right there. Yep. All right? However, I, see him. I got braids. Yeah. I see him right there. <laughs> All right, he's got braids. <laughs> this was this was you know like six years ago when you were fifteen. No, for okay. sure, absolutely. What do you what do you say to fifteen year old Keith? Okay. All right, fifteen year old Keith, bro, you don't have to impress anybody. Come on. Like so many things that I have done in my life have been rooted in just trying to fit in, have been rooted in just trying to blend in, and take it from me. Uncle Keith, the people that you are trying to impress, you don't even know who they are when you're 40 years old. Wow. And so what ends up happening is you're making decisions trying to impress someone who has the same struggle as you, the same burden as you, has no authority over you, has no greater experience than you, and that is the person that I'm trying to impress. Listen to me. Those voices, they, they don't shape your life. So my, my advice to anybody in here, look around at your peers. You certainly want to sharpen one another, but don't find yourself bending and doing things and compromising positions to impress somebody that I promise you 10 years from now, you won't even remember their names. Don't put yourself where you're carrying the baggage of pain and brokenness to get somebody to say like, oh, that was good or to post something and get appropriate likes when at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. Wow. Now that I'm 43 years old, there are so many things and so many decisions that I've made that I'm like, bro, like, I, I don't even know who these people are anymore. But here's what I'll tell you. And this is why there's hope for this. I did have a certain threshold that I just knew that I wouldn't pass. And I remember that moment when, like, I feel like I heard from God, I was probably about 15 years old. And I found myself in a room with a bunch of guys and they were, they were actually doing drugs. Um, and, and I, and they looked at me and said, Hey man, do you want some? And I don't know if it was God, if it was like just some kind of some will of my own, but it was like, bro, like I'm, 
I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, I, I immediately identified my standard and I set the tone and said, like, there's just certain things I'm not going to do. I wish I would allow that to bleed over into other areas. So I would say this to any young man that's in here, find those standards that are in God's word and make a decision of say, that's just not who I am. I don't need to impress another person. I'm not going to go that route. That's just not me. So if me going out and sleeping with a bunch of girls is what makes me cool, then I guess I'm not cool. But I am a child of the king and I think it's going to work out for me. Come on, man. All right, Aunt Megan, 15-year-old you is out here. 15-year-old me. I would say, um, because for so long when we were growing up, it was like women didn't have a place. Uh, Women, you know, they're just down here and men are up here. And I would just say, for the the women who want to be in ministry, uh, God used a lot of women in ministry to relay the message, okay? (laughs) And... um, and what I would say is just uh, continue to, to know that God has called you to things that are greater. You are virtuous. You don't have to dress any kind of way to get attention. I'm cute. <laughs> I'm stylish. I don't Come have to on. Yeah, you are, girl. Say that. Say that. <laughs> you know, um, but what I'm saying is the person that's going to respect you the most is uh, the one that's going to love you for who you are. And you want that person. You want a person who's going to love you for what you bring to the table. And it's not about your look, yes, you're cute or whatever, but it's not about the things that you look like on the outside. It's what you carry on the inside. And people are drawn to the grace of God on your life, and they're going to be drawn to that. And so keep yourself pure. Um, I would say that. Uh, keep yourself pure because when you look back, you're going to see how God preserved you and the, the benefits when, that you'll have in your marriage from um, setting yourself apart. Don't fit in. Um, I, I didn't do I like I had a similar story as Keith. Um, where girls would be like, oh, my gosh, you don't, you don't drink, you don't hang out, you don't do those kind of things. I always evaluated where was the area going to be at. If it's going to be an unsafe area or I know that there's going to be drama or I know there's going to be drugs or alcohol, I removed myself. So I eliminate. I'm a rule follower. <laughs> so keep locked up on a good one. But uh, <laughs> She's so humble, right? <laughs> so, I love saying, her so why, much. <laughs> this is why we're married this long. Yeah. He talks trash too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but no, I'm saying for real, like, Preserve yourself. You will not regret it. You will not regret going God's way. I've seen it manifested in my life when we made the decision, even when we got engaged, to set ourselves apart and be pure before we got married. Like, once we established um, that we got engaged, we set ourselves apart, and it was the best thing. I said, why didn't I do this before? Never want to live in regret, but what I'm saying, keep yourself pure, and I'm telling you, God will take you to so many places and bless your marriage uh, beyond life. So. That's all I have to say. You guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. We're going to bring them back because I could listen to you guys talk forever. So here's what we're going to do. Will you guys stand up? And every campus, will you guys stand up with us? So we're going to all together, we're going to pray for Pastors Keith and Megan as you go into this new exciting adventure and all the craziness of moving back. We want to pray for you guys. Can you put your hands together and thank them for investing in us? Your family now. So if you will, at every campus, if you'll just extend your hand toward them, and we're going to pray for you guys. So, Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for Pastors Keith and Megan. God, thank you for their story. God, thank you for all the work that you have done in their life. God, I thank you that they are just amazing. 
They are so filled with joy and so filled with life. God, they are so clearly anointed and called by you to be such uh, important, influential leaders, not just in Washington, D.C., not just in Orlando, Florida, but here in South Carolina and every single place that their feet touch. They're going to experience a blessing because the people that they are speaking to and that they are ministering to are blessed to hear from them. So, God, I just pray, I pray a blessing in every area over their life, over their family, over their church, over their uh, just everything, over the move, over everything that happens, God, would this just be a life-giving season for them in every way? God, thank you. I I, I pray, God, that you would um, elevate their platform to speak to young people. God, elevate their platform to speak to marriage here in uh, church world, here in the United States. God, I pray that you would raise up this couple who has been just faithful in every turn when they, they have done the best that they know how. And God, they have been such an amazing blessing. And so, God, I just pray, just thank you for them. Would you just bless them in Jesus' name? Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and say thank you, guys? Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. All right, every campus, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some time, and we're going to sing, and we're going to pray a little bit. And here's what, here's the reality of this, okay? This was a little bit of a different feel tonight. We kind of ask some questions and kind of talk and go back and forth. But here's the deal. Some of us, you're in here, you're in a relationship, and tonight you heard some stuff that like, man, you need to put to action. The Bible says, do not fool yourself and just hear the word of God, but hear yourself and do it. Hear it for yourself and do it. Do not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so what I want to encourage you to do is this. If you're in a relationship in here tonight, whatever campus you're on, if your significant other, your boyfriend or your girlfriend is here with you, I want to encourage you over these next couple of songs to seriously find some space in the auditorium that you're in and sit down and have a conversation. Are you putting these things into practice? Look, this is not just for good boys and girls or good little Christians trying to do the right thing. You just heard from a man and woman who have a story and a testimony of God's goodness, and they are here to witness to you that if you do things God's way, it works out for you. And it doesn't start when you're 30. It doesn't start when you're 40. It starts right now doing things God's way because he's called you to it. If you're in here and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that doesn't come to Fuse because they kind of live a, you kind of live a double life a little bit. Like you're here, you're all in, you're singing, you're trying to follow God, and then you go hang out with them. You kind of do some other things the other way. I just want to encourage you. Will you just maybe pray about whether or not you need to break up with them? Look, I love you, and I want you to make it. Like I want you to make it to Gauntlet. I want you to make it in the rest of your life. I want you to ask God, God, do you want me to keep dating this person, or do you want me to walk out of here during this next song and call them and tell them I can't date you anymore? Maybe you need to call them and tell them, I will only date you if you'll come back to Fuse with me next week. At this point, I want your brain and your spirit engaged because, listen, if if God can breathe on my life and I end up like these two people, I will be blessed, and so will you. Everybody that you know, if we turn out to be a whole culture full of young men and women all across the state of South Carolina that end up with a marriage like this, with a family like this, we will be blessed, but we won't do it unless we do things the way they did it. So we're going to take their encouragement. We're going to follow their lead. And over this next time, look, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and they start talking about, man, we got radically saved. And you're like, well, that's the first step for me. I need to get radically saved. Well, then maybe that's your step tonight. You come and talk to a volunteer, a group leader. Maybe you get signed up for a group. You need to get some accountability in your life like they were talking about. I don't know what your next step is, but I'm going to pray for all of us at every campus. And then I'm going to turn it over to you. 
and we're gonna sing, and we're gonna pray, and I'm just gonna encourage you for the next few minutes, just respond. So every campus, will you bow your head, will you close your eyes, and you get quiet, and let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful example of people that we've seen. I'm reminded of the verse in 1 Thessalonians where, where Paul's writing and he says, I, I want to share not just the word of God with you, but my life also. And just I'm grateful for men and women that will come and they'll share their lives with us. They'll share not just the wisdom from the word of God, and they have plenty of it, but they'll share their life with us, their heart with us, their experience with us. And from it, we can benefit and we can see, God, we have an example that has been set for us that we can follow. That it doesn't matter what race we are, what neighborhood we're from, what example has been set for us, that the word of God is true for us no matter who we are and where we are, that the blood of Jesus Christ has paid for our sins regardless of who preached it to us or who told us about it, and that if we will step in and decide to follow Jesus, that God, you have bigger plans for all of us than we could ever dream or imagine. And so, God, I just pray for all of my young brothers and sisters that we would have open hearts that are soft, that are ready to receive and hear your voice. And, God, faith and courage to respond. And if you challenge us to do something difficult, God, will we look at the blessing that's coming on the other side of it instead of the hard thing that it will be for us to obey? God, if you call us to do something that's going to take some courage, will you please fill us with the Holy Spirit and the courage that we need to do it right now? So, God, we lift our hands to you. We lift our voice to you. We sing to you. But, God, we don't just want to sing empty songs. We want our songs to come from lips that are attached to lives that are actually walking out the things you've called us to do. We love you, Jesus. Everything is for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.